Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Parkview. So glad that you are here with us today. My name is Nick. I am pastor of student ministries here at this campus. And uh, listen, we would love to get to know you just a little bit more. And so one of the things that our team has done is we've put together a website that we've hoped to kind of make your like one-stop shop for everything that you need including a connection form, which is less about us getting information from you and more about us honestly just getting to hear and learn and know your story. So that website is parkviewchurch.info. And like I said, you can head there for just about anything, including all that I am going to be announcing today. And if you go there and you still have some further questions, we'd love to invite you to go through these back rear doors uh, and just swing by our Next Steps booth and have a conversation with someone there in the lobby. Uh, About a week ago, a week and a few days ago, we wrapped up Summer Jam uh, for Parkview across all of our campuses and all of our locations here in the Chicagoland area. And we had over 1,200 kids show up for Summer Jam this year. Isn't that amazing? Kids getting to come together, have fun, learn about Jesus, and learn how to talk like pirates, because that was our theme, in case you didn't know. Uh, But we actually, in addition to that, We challenge our students, our kids, to make an impact through giving uh, to a well in Malawi. And so I actually want to share with you a video that we created to kind of talk about that. So go ahead and take a look. Guess what? We have some really important things we need to talk about. We have been bringing in money all week long for our friends in Malawi. Good job, guys. Way to go. That was all you. Nice job, everybody. Hi, my name's Anna. And... For VBS this year, we were trying to raise money for people in Malawi, Africa, to um, get them clean um, water wells. And I decided to um, make bracelets for a dollar each. I went around my neighborhood. I made um, 300 I wanted to do this so I could help people who are less fortunate. In the entire history of this village, we have never had a clean source of water. They say water is life. Yes, water is life. A local well means that women no longer have to spend a lot of hours walking or waiting to get clean water from a different village. A local well means that girls can now stay in school. A local well means that women can now get jobs, do businesses, and other productive activities to support their families. Clean water changes everything. Clean water is transformation. Clean water is life. Yeah, isn't that awesome? So our kids, our kids raised over $13,000 to help wells in Africa. I wanted to make sure it was 1000 That's why I paused there. I was like, wait, was it 100 No, $13,000. So uh, we are so thankful for their generosity. We also had all of you, over 800 volunteers help at Summer Jam. Uh, and so guess what? There's a spot for you to serve, not just one time a year, but all throughout the year. And so if you're interested in taking your step into contributing, into serving with what we have going on here at Parkview, there is a place for you. Head to parkviewchurch.info to explore more about that. And here's one thing that's really cool. Uh, to kind of pair what I do, which I'm a youth pastor and Summer Jam, we had over 150 student volunteers helping out at Summer Jam. And so I want to show you a picture. Uh, This is a picture of a couple of students who served together at Summer Jam. And here's what's really awesome. They met last year at summer camp. So one week I was working the booth out there before Summer Jam and I got this question. Hey, what is there for my kid who's older than sixth grade? The answer is overnight summer camp camp. And today is actually the final Sunday that registration is going to be open. And like I said, what's really cool is these students plus their leader in that picture, they all met together at summer camp. Uh, They formed a small group together. And then now a year later, they're serving the church together, um, all kind of because of this relationship that happens. And all of that with summer jam, summer camp, everything going on in Next Gen Ministry, All of that is made possible through the generosity of people like you. So I just wanted to say thank you. And if you've been going here for a while and you've been uh, thinking about getting involved in in your giving, 
I would love to just encourage you to go to parkviewchurch.info to explore what that looks like um, and maybe take your first step into giving to what's going on here at Parkview. Well, I would love to invite you to stand with me this morning. We're going to get ready to worship. But before we do, I, I, I don't know what you're bringing in here. I don't know what may be weighing you down or what you might be carrying burden-wise. But I was reading in my Bible this morning in Psalm 136, and it continued to list all these things about God. And there was a response every single time that said, the Lord's love endures forever. And so I just want to remind you, no matter where you are, no matter what your story is, that God's love endures forever. And that's why we come together once a week to celebrate that, to sing about that, and to learn about God's great love. So thank you guys for being at Parkview this morning and excited to worship with you. Good morning, good morning. I hope you guys are ready to worship with us. We serve such a faithful and such a good God, and he deserves all of our praise and all of the glory this morning. So we're gonna sing, clap, move around, get excited. We've got a good God, here we go. Just one word, you calm the storm that surrounds me. Just one word, the darkness has to retreat. Just one touch, I feel the presence.
you with thanksgiving, with a spirit of gratitude, because you are so faithful. You are so good to your children. Father, we pray that our praise this morning has been a sweet sound to your ear. And we ask that you would continue to bless us with more of your presence this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give God one more hand clap of praise because he deserves it. Before you are seated, turn and say hello to someone you don't know. We got love that will never need to hide. Always rise above. Now we're one with the sun over our heads, and at night we'll be the stars. Just be with me. Just be with me. Just be with me. Hello, hello. Hey, friends. Good to see you, Parkview. Yeah, I know I have on a lot of blue today. Yeah, I've already been told that five times. Thanks for saying that. Thanks for noticing. Hello to everybody around Orland, uh, everybody out at New Linux, uh, everybody online, everybody at Homer Glen. Welcome to the weekend. I'm glad you've made the choice uh, to be around here, to gather, to sing, uh, to worship, to study God's word together. It's going to be a great, great day. Together, Before we step into our study today, uh, I want us to just spend a moment in pause and silence. I want us to spend a moment in prayer uh, because the last week around Chicagoland, as some of you know and many of you have been affected, has been a very hard, violent weekend around here as we've experienced a lot around here. Um, the shootings around the city, the shootings in Highland Park and things like that. And it's hard to know what to say, um, but I just feel like, and the team feels like, we need to just pause and pray and ask for God's uh, help on our hearts as we talk to people and process through this and love people in our neighborhoods and in our city. So before we jump into the study today, all around the city, on all of our campuses, coming together as one, if you're comfortable with that, would you just bow your head for a moment and let's just come to God with what's going on in our world and in this city. God, thanks for today, for this weekend, for even the last weekend we've been able to experience with Independence Day and things like that. So many who have made sacrifices for that and, and then also the different senseless, violent things that have happened around the city and at the parade and Highland Park and over the course of the last week and over the course of many weeks. God, I pray that you would just be really close to the people who are helping folks, who are walking alongside folks who are directly affected. Pray that you would be close, you would feel as close as you have felt in a long time, even to people around our Parkview congregation who are walking alongside or being affected by this just in the last week. God, we ask for your grace, your mercy. Give our heart patience. Give us words. Allow us to be a good reflection of your son Jesus in a world that needs to see him more than ever. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says? Amen. Amen. Well, today, this weekend, I'm going to share a message with you that I first heard about 20 years ago in my life. Um, and I first shared a version of that message with you here at Parkview back in 2016, so about six years ago. Some of you were around in 2016, some of you weren't around here in 2016. Even those of you who were here may not have been here and all that sort of thing. So I'm going to share a message with you that I heard then. And the message I'm going to share with you today, uh, as usual, is going to be made up of words. I'm, I'm going to share some words and I'm going to re we're going to read some words from the Bible. But here's what I want you to know. The message today is not about a bunch of words. It's about a picture. It's about an image. 
By the time we're done with this study, 25, 28 minutes from now, my hope is that you don't just have a bunch of words in your mind that you leave here with, but you have an image, you have a picture in your mind of who God is, of what God can be. I'm telling you, I'm not kidding you, since I heard this message like 20 years ago, every two, three, four days in my life, I think about this picture. I I think about this image in my mind of who God is. So again, we're gonna share some words, we're gonna dive into the Bible, we're gonna read some things, but it's not about words, it's about an image, it's about a picture. Somebody say amen. Okay, so you're gonna have that picture in your mind. So to get us all going in the same direction, here's the first thing I want us to think about. What is your most recent step of faith? What's the most recent step of faith that you feel like, whether you're young or old, male or female, in church a lot or not in church much at all, When have you taken a step of faith? It may be something really big that you did in the last few weeks or month. It may be something small you wouldn't even want to mention. But a step of faith is just means that you stepped outside your comfort zone for God or for someone else in your life. You stepped outside your comfort zone for someone else or for God. What what is sometime big or small that you've done that? Get that in your mind. Now, I know as soon as you hear a preacher start talking about faith and taking steps of faith, what you probably expect is a big faith story to follow, right? That's what preachers do. They tell big faith stories and they tell stories about how preachers talk about how, well, I just wanna tell you about my big faith step, you know? A few weeks ago, I was on an airplane. That's what preachers a lot of times do. Preachers, I was on an airplane, the whole plane was full, there was nobody sitting beside me. And finally, just, just before they were getting ready to shut the doors, somebody did come in and they come in and sat right beside me. And I just felt like, the preacher says, I just felt like that was a God thing. But then they come and sit beside me and it's a person who's he's probably, you know, gonna be far from God because they, they sit down beside me and they have like on a t-shirt and, you know, the t-shirt, the t-shirt has like an upside down cross on it and stuff like that. And then I look at their wrist and I look at their arm and their arm has a big tattoo and it, you know, it says the word pastor and then it has an X through it and, you know, that, that sort of thing. And this is the type of faith story, right, that you usually would hear. And it's like, it's all, you know, the preacher says, you know, but I'm, you know, I'm still praying. And, you know, they sit there and everything's quiet for a while, the way the story goes. And maybe 20, 30 minutes in, this person starts to open up. And, you know, they start talking. And the preacher talks about how by the time the plane is getting ready to land, the preacher has been baptizing the man in the lavatory of the airplane, right? That's how the story ends. And, you know, people are cheering and other people are standing up wanting to be baptized in the lavatory because they, you know, I've never been baptized at 32,000 feet. I've been baptized at 1,800 feet, but never at 32,000 feet. Can we be baptized too? And that's usually the type of faith story you hear from preachers. I don't have one of those today. I don't have that. Here's what I have. I have a little one. A little, little faith story, a, a small, it's, it's hardly even worth mentioning, but I want you to know that God can do big things even in little steps, amen? He can. Some of you know who follow me that I, I, uh, I like to DJ, I like to get turntables, I like music, I, I've always done that. Through my high school years and my college years, I was a DJ. I still DJ a lot, but only in the garage. I don't do it for other people. I just do it for myself. When I get done with the day and I wanna unwind, I put on some music on the turntables and I do it for myself. So about two, three months ago, one of my closest friends asked me because he'd seen, I put a thing on Instagram, he, he, thought I, he asked me to DJ and do all the music for his youngest daughter's wedding. And I was like, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't do that. That's, not, that's outside my comfort zone. But I, I, I care about this person, love this person, and so I decided, you know, I'm, I'm gonna step out, I'm gonna do that for them, the music, the last, the first song, you know, daughter, you know, the walking down the aisle music, all that kind of stuff. And so last Sunday, here's, I took that little step of faith and here's a couple of pictures from last Sunday night. Uh, this is me behind the tables there. This is my buddy Chad having the first dance with his daughter, Presley. And I'm so glad I stepped out and did that in a little step of faith. Here's, here's me, by the way, my fancy... My fancy pants. I was going to wear those this weekend. I should have. I should have. I still have them. So don't, don't, don't tempt me, okay? Because I'm here a lot more this summer, all right? So, but I bring all of this up. I bring up all of these steps of faith, these big or small steps of faith, getting outside your comfort zone for the sake of someone else. Because I think every single week as a church, collectively and as individuals, we have to decide, am I going to play it safe? 
Or am I going to step outside my comfort zone for someone else? Am I going to take some risks? Am I going to step out in faith? And today, this weekend, what I want us to consider in the Bible is this guy named Abraham. Abraham takes an incredible step of faith for God, and he climbs this mountain of faith. The, the, The mountain that Abraham climbs is very similar to the mountain that you and I climb every single week. And so I want us to study this story, which really isn't just words, it's a picture It's an image of who God is and what God does for us. Genesis chapter 22 in your Bible, if you have a Bible with you, if you have a smartphone, if you have a tablet, if you have a friend with you who has memorized the Bible, whatever it is, however you locate things in the Bible, um, Genesis chapter 22 is where we're going to be. And we're not going to put it all up on the screen today because there's a lot. And so I'm just going to read it to you. And a lot of you will have heard this story. So here's what I'm going to ask. Just pretend like you haven't. Pretend like you've never heard this. Let your mind sink into this for the next 20 minutes or so, and I think we're gonna have a new new view on who God is. Genesis chapter 22, starting in verse one. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. and He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go up to the region of Moriah, Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, he saddled the donkey, and he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out to the place that God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up, and he saw the place in the distance. And he said to his servants, you stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. And we'll worship, and then we'll come back to you. And Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. And the two of them went on together. And Isaac spoke up to his father, Abraham. He said, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where's the lamb? For the burnt offering, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place that God had told them about, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. And then he bound up his son Isaac. He laid him on top of the wood. And then he reached out his hand and he took his knife to slay his son. But an angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. I think he was quick to say that. Yeah. Hey, what? Yeah? What do you need? Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up, and over there in the thicket, he saw a ram that was caught by its horns. And he went over, and he took that ram, and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Today I want us to look at two different sides, if you will, two different slopes to this mountain, two sides to this story. If you're taking notes or you want to take a picture of the screen for notes, Slope number one is Abraham and Isaac's side of the mountain. Can you imagine what Abraham must have been thinking in his mind as he traveled to that place where God was calling him to sacrifice his son, his only son, Isaac? I mean, this is the son, realize this, if you study the Bible some, this is the son that God had already told Abraham would be the beginning of all of his descendants. He says, you're going to have all these descendants and it's going to come through this son. This is the son. It's also the same son that Abraham and his wife Sarah had been praying for for most all their lives. And also in Genesis chapter 17, we were just reading in Genesis chapter 22. If you back up just a few chapters in Genesis chapter 17, we realize that when Isaac is born, Abraham, his dad, is 100 years old. He's been waiting for like 100 years. He's been waiting for sure for 70, 80 years for this son to be born. 
He's old. Dads, I don't know if any of you have ever thought, you know, you had a kid late in life, you know, you're going to play catch with him in the backyard, and, you know, I, can, I won't be able to throw it five feet. He's 100. You know how old Sarah is? 90. She is 90 years old. When they have Isaac as a son, they're going to get diapers and depends <laughs> on the same Costco trip. You know what I'm saying? This is weird. This is, this is not normal. Isaac is a very special son that God has provided for them. It's also the very same son that, I, that Abraham has been told that he needs to sacrifice. How confusing is that? You ever get confused by what God wants you to do? Does it ever not quite make sense to you? It's where Abraham's at. This is also the son that walks alongside Abraham, walks alongside his dad for three days. The Bible says finally on the third day they get to the place where Abraham sees the mountain in the distance. And here's what it says in verse five. He said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there and we will worship and then we'll come back to you. Everybody say worship. This is really, really important. We settle in on this for a minute. Maybe some of you have realized this. Some of you, this will be new information about God and who God is and how people are different through the centuries. But worship in Abraham's day was very different than worship for us today. Worship in Abraham's day always involved a sacrifice. If you were going to worship God, a sacrifice had to be made. That's just how it happened. You had to sacrifice something. In other words, if worship was going to happen, something had to die. Just the way it was. Now, we are so far removed from that today, right? I mean, for us, worship is so equated with like music. Worship is equated with worship songs and, and, and worship music and that sort of thing. And that's good because that is worship. And, and we have incredible worship teams on all of our campuses. We have, a, we have music and we have lights and we have sound and we sing two or three songs and, and we call that, hey, that's our worship service. And it's true. That is worship for us today. But I want to, every single person to realize that it's very different than the way it was for Abraham. In order for them to worship, Something had to be sacrificed. That's how worship happened. And everybody who was traveling with Abraham understood this. They also realized that they had two of the three things they needed. They had the wood and they had the fire. But something was missing. And Isaac, Abraham's son, actually brings this up in verse 7. Can you just picture this in your mind for a moment? Can you picture a dad traveling with his son up this mountain? ready to worship, ready to make a sacrifice, and the son says to him, your son says to you, hey, dad, this looks good. We're gonna go worship. I, we're gonna make a sacrifice. I get to do the, the dad thing with you now. And it looks like we have most everything we need. We have the wood. I'm carrying the wood. And we have the fire and the knife. You're, you're carrying those things, but where's, I mean, where, 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 where's that lamb? Where, where, where's the sacrifice? Verse eight, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And the Bible says they get to the place where God had called Abraham to and he stops and he builds an altar, it says. An altar is probably just a bunch of rocks all piled up in a big kind of triangle. And then it says he takes the wood from his boy, from his son that he's been carrying, and he places the wood up on the altar. And then we've already read it, but the Bible says that Abraham <clears throat> takes some rope and he bound up his son. He ties up his son and he somehow gets him up on top of the altar. And then he takes a knife. And he has the knife up in the air. And he's ready to sacrifice his son as God has strangely asked him to do. Can you imagine, again, what must be moving through his mind? 
As he's up there, he's, it's, have you, God, okay. Hello, 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 hello. Are you even aware of what's going on here? And what about Isaac? Dad, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you sure about this? This is not exactly what I thought we were headed toward. And by the way, did you know that most Bible scholars believe that Abraham's son Isaac at this point in his life was probably 25 or 30 years old? So if the picture that is being painted in your mind is a dad tying up his eight or 10 year old little boy and putting him up on the altar, you better change that to a dad tying up his 25 or 30 year old son. And that changes the picture, doesn't it? Because a 25 or 30 year old, he could have rebelled against his dad. He could have fought his dad off. I mean, his dad is a hundred for crying out loud. He could have fought him off, but Isaac surrendered. He allowed himself to be bound up and he allowed himself to be placed up on this altar. And so here you have this young adult, Isaac, laying up on the altar, bound up with the, laying on the wood that he carried. You have his dad there with the knife up in the air, ready to sacrifice his son. And here's what I want us to see. From their perspective, from, from their side of the mountain, if you will, hope it's just about gone. It's moments away. And I want to pause there and just bring us all into the story and ask you, have you ever been in a place like that? Have you ever been in a place in your life, maybe a while back, maybe recently, maybe yesterday, where you're just trying to follow after God? You feel like God's calling you to do something in your life, in your family, with your money, with a move, with your job, whatever it is, and you're just trying to follow after God, but it doesn't seem to be going very good. And from your perspective, from your side of the mountain in your life, hope seems just about gone. Maybe it's in your marriage. Your marriage, you feel like had been rocky for a while, it wasn't going super great, and COVID didn't really help that because you were together more than ever, and it's like, hello, we're in the same house, you know, all the time, and just, we were just at each other and that sort of thing. But for the last few months, maybe it's been going a lot better, and you've been having your date night, and you've even been having like that monthly meeting to talk about finances and things like that, and you felt like everything was going great, but then just a week or two ago, your spouse, after the kids went to bed, set you down in the living room and said, I think I'm done. And you're like, what is going on? Or maybe it's with one of your kids who is far from God and running even further from God. And you pray for them all the time. You have other people praying for them, but it doesn't seem like they're getting any closer to God. And from your perspective, from your side of the mountain, hope's just about gone. I don't know where they're gonna go. Maybe it's in your financial life as you look at your checking, you look at your bank account, and you look at your bills, your mortgage, your car payment, and you're thinking, I, it just, this isn't, I don't, there's not enough for this month. And, and my guess is this. My guess is that there are a lot of us around all of our campuses who are in a place like that, a, a same kind of place as Abraham, where you look at your current circumstances and you think to yourself, it doesn't add up. From my perspective, hope is just about gone. If you find yourself there right now, here's what I just want to say to you. Here's what I want to say. Don't lose faith. Don't lose hope in what God could still be doing in your life. You know why? You know why? Because there's another side of the mountain that you and I cannot see. Slope number two in this story is God's side. Slope number two is God's side of the mountain. I believe with all my heart that as God calls Abraham to begin traveling up this side of the mountain with Isaac and these elements of the sacrifice, I believe with every ounce of my being that God at the same time begins to call a ram. In some 
mysterious way. The God who is in control of all the big and small things in our lives and in our world. And he begins to call a ram to move up the other side of the mountain. And as Abraham and Isaac take a step, the ram takes a step. And as Abraham and Isaac take a step, the ram takes a step. Can you picture this? Can you visualize it? Can you see the image in your mind? Abraham and Isaac take a step and the ram takes a step. And as they get to the top of this mountain, there is just about to be an explosion of faith as Abraham's obedience intersects with God's provision. There's gonna be an incredible, incredible explosion of faith. And I want to stress to us again, as Abraham and Isaac are climbing up this side of the mountain and the ram is coming up this side of the mountain, I just wanna stress again, and I want us to realize because it's different than the way Abraham sees it, is that Abraham could not see both sides of the mountain, right? He didn't have the story the way we do. As Abraham... As Abraham is traveling up there and he has his son and he puts him up on the wood and he has the knife and everything and his son Isaac saying, Dad, what is, what is going on here? Abraham cannot just whisper to him and say, hey, 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 Isaac, don't worry. Don't worry, Isaac. You know why? We are almost, we are, we are almost to verse 13. We are, Isaac, I'm telling you, verse 13 is right around the corner. And Isaac, you know what happens in verse 13? Verse 13 is where that, the ram is caught in the thicket. There's a ram in the thicket in verse 13, Isaac. Listen, he didn't know that. He could not see both sides of the mountain. And from Abraham's perspective, hope was just about gone. Just the same way you and I cannot see both sides of the mountain in our lives, in our family, in our finances, and all of those things. Friends, listen, listen, listen. Only God can see both sides of the mountain. Only God can see both sides of the mountain in your life this week. What if Abraham had stopped? What if climbing halfway up this mountain of faith, Abraham would have stopped and said, he would have allowed his faith to waver? I'm convinced if he'd have done that, if he'd have stopped climbing halfway up this side of the mountain, I'm fully convinced that the ram would have stopped climbing up this side. There would have been absolutely no reason for a ram to get caught in a thicket if Abraham and Isaac weren't climbing up there. There would have been no supernatural intersection of Abraham's obedience and God's provision colliding. And we, we wouldn't be studying this story today. There would be no story. There would be no picture. There would be no image. And it makes me wonder for you, and it makes me wonder for me, how many times do we pause in our climb towards God? and up the mountain of faith. How many times in our lives do you think we stop just like a month or a week or even a day or a few hours or even a few minutes away from intersecting with God's great grace for our lives, with his great mercy for us, with God's provision and his resources for our lives. How often do we stop just before we're getting ready to get there? I think that happens for us. It happens for me through my life for sure. And I think when that happens, when we're almost there and we stop and we say, I just can't do it anymore, it doesn't make sense. I think when that happens, I think all heaven gasps. And heaven looks down and says, oh, whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. Don't stop now. Don't stop climbing now. If you could see what we see from our perspective up here, you would see that you are just a few moments away from intersecting with God's provision in your life. You would see that thing you've been praying for in your marriage. I know it's been a long thing, but if you, if you would see what's going to happen this next week when your spouse goes to work, something's going to happen at work, they're going to talk to that person finally, or that person's going to have the guts to talk to them, and it's going to change the whole thing. Don't stop now. Don't stop having faith now because you're just moments away from intersecting with God's grace and his mercy and his provision in your life. Don't stop now with your kids because they're going to meet somebody this next week or they're going to meet somebody at school this fall that's going to turn them around. Don't stop now. Don't stop now in your career or your finances or your neighbor or whatever it is. Don't stop now. You are so close, 
to intersecting with God's grace and provision in your life. You see here, living by faith, living by faith for you and I means trusting in God's plans and how he's calling us and how he's leading us even before the provision is seen. We don't always know. I certainly don't always know how God's gonna make this work. But he does. Not always the way I thought it would work. Amen? But it does work. For his kingdom is his purposes and his plans. One last little part of this story, this picture, the picture of the mountain, our side and God's side. I have this belief in my heart. You could argue this for sure. It's not in the Bible. But I have this belief in my heart that God grows weary of people. Uh, That would include me. He grows weary of people who want to blame him for his lack of provision, all the while we're bankrupt in our own obedience. You see, what happens so often with us is that we want to sit at the bottom of the mountain. And we want to say, okay, God, (laughs) you show me the ram. And boy, I'm going to start, I'll start climbing. Show me the ramp. Show me the money. Show show me the money, right? Show show me the ramp. (laughs) Todd, don't ever do that again, right? Right. Show me the ramp. Show me the money. Show me the provision. And I will start climbing. As soon as I see how I'm going to be provided for, I will start taking, I will be running towards you. And God says, that's great. Fantastic. Thanks. That's not the way it works. You just keep taking steps towards me. You just keep trusting me in your life. And if you will do that, I promise, I promise, I promise, God says, you will see my faithfulness in your life. You see, the amazing thing about this picture that we've studied, this image that we've studied, the amazing thing about the story of Abraham and Isaac is not just that it happened, but that it still happens every day in our lives right now. God still meets faith-filled people on top of mountains. So here's the next step. Here's the next step for us today as we walk out of here into a new week. In what area of your life have you been waiting on God's provision? Just think about it. It probably comes pretty easy is my guess been waiting on God's provision his resources his mercy his grace for me maybe literal money for you a job wisdom where have you been waiting on God's provision in your life just think about that maybe it's been years weeks maybe just yesterday you were praying God I need to see something here I need all I can see is my side what's that thing you've been waiting for in God's provision. Now, once you have that in your mind, here's what I would say. Just keep trusting him. Just keep taking steps up the mountain in the direction that he's been leading. It may seem like an odd journey, and it may not make sense right now from your side, but I promise you, God has another side of the mountain that you and I cannot see. And he will do a beautiful thing for you and for me as we continue to take steps towards him. Amen? That's the picture. I hope you never let that image leave your heart and mind. Let's pray together. God, thanks for today. Thanks for your word. Thanks for an event that happened thousands of years ago that make as much sense for us today as they did in that moment. May we realize that only you can see both sides and may we trust in your perfect track record of faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray.
worship with us as we reflect on this word and on the faithful God.
We're going to get ready to take communion together. One of the lines from that song talks about God's promises. And I want to pull out one of my favorite promises from God. It comes from Jesus in the Great Commission. Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And here's the promise, ready? And surely I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age. Jesus promises us his presence. And so for those of us who claim to be followers of him, who have placed our faith and trust in Jesus, we can know, we can take it to the bank. That if we bring our obedience, God will bring his provision. And so communion is a picture of us just reminding ourselves of the way that we have access to Jesus's presence is through his death burial and resurrection, sacrifice on our behalf. So the Bible tells us that when we, when we eat the bread and when we drink of the juice, we're proclaiming his death until he returns. Similar to he'll be with us always to the very end of the age. It's this mutual step of agreement. And so if you've never been here before or done this with us, um, <clears throat> the way that you access this, because it can get a little tricky, is uh, there's a really thin layer here and that gets you to the wafer and then a second one for the juice. So you can start working on that and getting that ready. But before we take it together as a church, I just wanna give you a moment and some space because we've, we've jam-packed this service full of music and talking and all kinds of things. This right now, this is your moment. And the screen is gonna have some prompts and some verses and just some ways for you to reflect on God's goodness and his provision and the way that he has shown up in your life. And I just want you to ask yourself as, as Todd did, what is that one area that you need God to show up? So take that time, it'll be about a minute or so, it'll be up here on the screens. Spend some time praying, reflecting and having a conversation with God. And then I'm gonna come back out and we're gonna take communion as a church to remind ourselves of the way Jesus has been there for us. And we're gonna do that together. wafer represents the body of Christ that was broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of him. <clears throat> and this juice represents the blood of Christ that was spilled and shed for you and I so that we can have the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink. Will you pray with me? God, we just thank you for the reminder that you are here with us and that we have access to your son, Jesus, and that he will be with us. God, even when we don't know what's at the top of the mountain, God, you do. And because we have faith and trust in you, we've seen you do it time and time again, Lord. We just pray that you help us to be faithful in our obedience, faithful in our walk, faithful in our stepping. God, we love you and we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Won't you stand with us? We're gonna declare these last few things together as a congregation trusting and believing our God to walk with us as we walk through our week, amen. Here we go, you may. You may
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. And may he bless you with his peace. Have a very blessed week this week.